0: sound weird coming for me but i don't even want to fucking be here (laughs) uh like Like, i mean we recorded last night and you know i don't want to come across as some sort of master planner uh but we started recording at a time that given any other circumstances the iowa caucuses would have concluded you know, somewhere while we were recording and we could have just like addressed it throughout the episode, which we kind of still did, even though obviously it didn't conclude. But given what happened overnight and this morning, we had to, or well, we didn't have to, I decided to come back and record some more, right? Because now we have a before and we're sort of after, although at the time of recording, only 62% of precincts have been released. So if they release the other, the other I guess, 38%, after we're done recording, we're not coming back for a third time, just so you just so you know. Uh, <laughs> but I am I will say I am glad that uh we are back because when we recorded last time, I forgot to mention this. Uh and it's it's, it's funny to me. Uh did you guys see how Hillary Clinton is dodging fucking uh Tulsi Gabbard's no. up
1: her project yes. <laughs> No, it's fucking awesome.
0: No, that's like that's some real deadbeat dad shit. Like Hillary Clinton is running to be America's deadbeat
1: dad. Was it Joe Walsh who did that too for the child support stuff? Like, so Hillary Clinton and Joe Walsh, did one and the same.
0: I mean it's I, honestly it's it's funny, but it, it you know it like the hypocrisy of her constantly saying that like no one is above the law in regard to like Trump and other people is not lost on me, but the fact that she's like dodging Tulsi Gabbard like' it's, a, like, like it's the campaign trail in Wisconsin is completely just like par for the course for her, so I, I mean I just thought that like little bit of bright news or funny news would like lighten the moment so why are we back here everyone like why Why did we have to reconvene uh to discuss the iowa caucus because i've been
1: screaming into the goddamn void all day and this is much better and healthier <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, if, if by void you mean the group chat i mean that too but also just like you know yelling out my door when i rent, went to run errands uh remember i was, took my my grandfather who's 96 years old to lunch with another friend who is 90 years old this morning and i was just yelling at them about it. They They somewhat agreed. They were like, yeah, this is bullshit. I don't even know what the hell's going on.
0: Well, I mean, I haven't had the opportunity of talking to anybody in real life yet about like what occurred. But, you know, what I'm referring to specifically is how it appears that, and 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 I'm just going to stick to like the facts as they are laid out right now. Uh, Last night, the app that was being used to uh, tally or centralize or aggregate the caucus totals malfunctioned uh i think that's what it's being said the dnc is denying that but rather i've seen dnc is denying that but the caucus sort of captains like of each precinct are saying that the app just fucking did not work and then either last night or this morning or some kind of liminal phase between last night and this morning it came out that there are some troubled troubling Connections between the Budigag campaign and the company that made the app itself, right? So the app fucking sucked, but the company that made the app, I think it, it's called Acronym. Like, is it?
1: I thought it was Shadow. Oh, was no, Shadow. I'm sorry. Yeah. That made the, app. Well, the, there's a, the, the. Yeah, Acronym provided the funding.
2: Is it Acronym or Pacronym? Like, I've seen them both. and I think they were I, one
1: and the same. I think it's just a name change. I'm not sure which is the current name. Well, yeah,
2: oh, that, it's just the naming of these things is just ridiculous. But continue.
0: Sorry, are, are you saying that Shadow is <laughs> is not a name that instills <laughs> instills like confidence in the legitimacy
3: of their Shadow okay. is the name of a black lab. That's not a good name for a company. Shadow is the name of
0: Sonic the Hedgehog's clone. Shut uh, the fuck up, you goddamn nerd. I mean, as I think that's common knowledge. So whatever. But no. So like, if I'm not mistaken, so as you corrected me acronym provided the funding for an organization or a corporation called shadow, uh, that is, that was, I guess, tasked with developing this app for caucus for the caucus. Now I'm going to stop right there. I don't necessarily understand the caucus pr- uh, procedures or, uh, rationales or like process, you know, a hundred percent. Cause I think it's fucking stupid, but it, just from like the brief overview that Richard gave yesterday, it seems kind of like the purest form of democracy. You just got a bunch of crowds, you get a bunch of crowds together, and you count the biggest one. And then after you count the biggest one one time, you count them the second time. And regardless, it seems as though all of this could have been done with like an Excel spreadsheet, much less like a piece of paper and like a Google account. Uh, but they had to have an app. Uh, and why they had to have an app is because it appears as though the people who worked on the app are tied not only to the Budigeg campaign, where you have like someone's brother-in-law or someone's husband or some fucking like completely like nonsense connections, uh, is like the the comms person for Budigeg or the lead organizer or some like again some other connection. national organizer, national organizer, uh, and but of course many of them are also just like. Hillary Clinton campaign veterans, Obama campaign veterans, DNC functionaries.
2: Just that, a political incestuous pit, really.
0: Yeah, politically, politically, just a complete fucking orgy of, you know, handouts and consultants and technocracy. And so the app failed. like, And oh, and of course, the Pod Save boys are somehow involved in this. They're they like they're just friends with them, too, or some shit. Uh,
1: well, they're, they are friends with them, but they're also involved in the funding apparatus for the whole thing as well.
0: Yeah, a, a lot A lot of people are involved in funding, basically everybody. And now the results are trickling out. Uh, it's clear from what I've heard from internal sources and from what, you know, the numbers that have been released from the Bernie campaign said that Bernie Sanders won the Iowa caucus. I think that that's going to be cemented over the next you know, day or so. Uh, but from my standpoint, I guess I'll start us off. I think Pete Buttigieg should drop out. Like, I think that the connections between his campaign and the co- the company in charge of creating the app, not only for Iowa, but this app is also going to be used for Nevada, are, you know, inappropriate. Like, like you know, I, I don't think that, it, it, like, I don't think that's a weird thing to say. Like, there is obviously a conflict of interest here. And, like, the appearance of impropriety, I'd argue, is there as well. And, you know... It sounds silly and it's like it's kind of it's not hyperbolic but it does sound silly but we invade countries over less like we we stage coups in countries over based on flimsier rationales for like the we immigrant. just did in bolivia i mean we're, we're always staging a coup so like i honestly I don't, I don't know what country we're up to now like it seems like buddhik should drop the fuck out like i think buddhik should drop out i don't think that his campaign is legitimately capable of defeating Trump prior to this news, but also post this news, just from a practical standpoint, because like the Trump administration, like Trump himself, like if this goes, like, if Buttigieg were to go on to win, which he will not go on to win, like this, this would this would be all they would talk about.
3: I'm only opinion that it's also, I think it's disqualifying. I think at this point you've shown that you can't, you're just not trustworthy. On top of the already numerous scandals that we had coming out of um, Indiana, right? Where he was mayor this kind of continues to play into that narrative and and so speaking from my my area of expertise i we talked about this in our group chat i mentioned that it's possible that um sanders could come away with more votes but fewer uh, delegates right based on how big he wins in the densely populated areas and then would conversely have to lose by quite a large margin um in the less populated areas in order for that to make any sort of semblance of sense. However, based on the data that's been revealed with the 62% of the vote, that's not how it's tracking. Sanders won by large margins in all of the heavily populated areas, and he did really well uh, from the data that I've been able to see, at least, in the rest of the state. And so based on that alone, I can't come up with the way that mathematically that I've found, and and there's better mathematicians than I, right, but I haven't been able to find a way that it works. I don't, I haven't found a plausible, I haven't found a plausible route for this being something, and we can't make, say, and again, I can't say anything for sure until all the numbers finally come out, and I can actually, like, sit down and dig through them, because I like to do that, but it doesn't make sense, and so there's some level of fuckery going on, and based on what Buttigieg did, he really kind of positioned himself to take the brunt of it. Like I said last night, I thought it was a smart move for Sanders to wait until all the other people had went and gave their speeches and to take his last because he was the likely victor. Buttigieg on, I, on whose I don't know whose advice he was taking, probably the CIA's, uh, decided to wait until after everybody else had gone and then declared himself the victor. And then today tried to walk that back some and so now there's this mad dash of like, well, we can't make Pete look like a liar, but he's absolutely a fucking liar, absolutely unfit to be president. And this data doesn't make any kind of sense whatsoever. Like, I cannot find a way to make it work.
1: That raises a lot of red flags for me. And the the thing is, is that there's two plausible scenarios with all of this, which I mentioned earlier, and uh, end up tweeting about all day. It's like, okay, yeah, it's incompetence or they cheated. Either way, it's fucking uh, I'm sorry like I'm sorry I have
2: stairs. to interrupt I, I have to interrupt quickly I just turned to my TV screen and see Juan Guaido waving at the state of the union this is just where yep. we're at fuck man
0: for some reason Juan Guaido was invited to the state of the union and at this point like it's it's moved past like uh Oh
2: it's a bipartisan standing o- standing ovation it looks like
0: for, for Juan stand- for Juan Guaido for Juan yes. Guaido
2: I'm just oh I don't oh, know.
0: I, I want to linger on Juan Guaido for a second because this is like, why. Because it's funny.
1: <laughs> like, it's, like, I know. Like the moon's been, dude's been trying to do a coup for what six months now, and he's been completely unsuccessful, and yet we're still trotting him out like a nice little puppet. I mean, at what point do they just like you know like tell
0: him to stay home? but like, he's not allowed to come. These to like this is like inviting like young jock to the fucking like holy shit. I mean.
2: There's a second standing ovation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I'm, for I don't have the sound on. I'm just, uh, oh. I can't, I can't fucking deal with that.
1: What? Oh yeah. So what I was saying is, it, it doesn't. Brandon's been saying this all day on Twitter, but it doesn't matter if it's grifter incompetence. But I think what happened with this, the Democratic Caucus or the Iowa Democratic uh, Convention, national or convention or committee, I don't know what the C is for, released data saying 62% Buttigieg had the most delegates, but Bernie had the most voters, and I think that was like a face-saving thing for Buttigieg for declaring. Um, and they had the reason why it took them so long was because they had to comb through the entirety of all the data that was entered, double check it, and then select and select out groups that would allow for Buttigieg to be shown to be at least nominally in the lead in some way, but also show that Bernie was close. And so I think that's what they were doing. I think that's what took them so long was literally running a game math saying, okay, what if we keep this caucus but lose this caucus? What if we keep this caucus but lose this caucus? That way you don't have Buttigieg being a liar because, you know, the Democratic Party absolutely loves Buttigieg. And you don't have Bernie, like, burning shit down with his uh, releasing more data showing, no, you're wrong. Let's compare notes.
0: Well, I mean, I want to unpack this just a little bit because I think that, you know, We're getting a little bit, we're putting the car a little bit above the horse. But the first thing you said, I think, is worthy of note, right? I guess i have been talking about it all day. Is that like there seems to be some kind of I don't know, call it impulse or effort or you know some analogous term for like trying to unpack whether this is like a malicious fucking. You know, this was a malevolent attempt by the Buttigieg campaign to like fix the voting outcome of the Iowa caucus that somehow failed because they couldn't even program an app properly. Because among, in, among, like, just being corrupt, uh, like the app was also programmed ineptly. Or, well, this is just gross incompetence. You know, this is gross incompetence mixed with the normal incestuous consultant behavior of the democratic party where it's like everybody is someone else's friend and you know everyone has to get their beak wet and during every part of every process because otherwise it's not legitimate like just you know that's like that's just like the consultantocracy that is the democratic party the dnc ultimately this entire primary process amongst other things is like a job programs for well-connected individuals dumbass kids so they don't have to finish grad school like but the thing that i'm stuck On is that it doesn't matter, right? That functionally, whether you're like, if you are so grossly incompetent that you give off the illusion that you have actively planned a nefarious conspiracy to rig an election. That's disqualifying of like that's reason enough for you to have to, for for you to have to be replaced, and we had this whole conversation when we recorded yesterday about like, the the constant excuses made for the political media class and the consultant class and the technocratic class of you know. Again, not so much experts as well-connected yuppies, for why they should escape the accountability that we all, you know, have come to expect as part of living in late-stage capital—the precarious accountability—and why they have such, you know, just complete job security. And like the argument as to whether or not it was done on whether or not like they were actively trying to fix the vote is. I think part of that impulse, like, well, how do we insulate the moral character of the Buddha gig, of the Buddha campaign? How do we insulate the moral character of this primary? How do we insulate the moral character of the consultant class generally, the technocratic class generally, when at, at the surface level, all the facts that we have now, you know, irrespective of malevolent, you know, active malevolence or not, is completely unacceptable. Like, it's an unacceptable level of connectivity between, like, a campaign and a company that was charged with counting votes. But, you know, I think that there is some, there are people who are kind of trying to, I don't know, like, pretend like we need more information to do something, I don't know what, or what that information is besides, like, a smoking gun of, like, emails saying let's fix fix the election. But even without that, it doesn't change the fact that these people should not be in charge or should not be allowed to continue to run a campaign because this is just like, it's, it's unethical. I don't know how you come to any
1: other, you know, it's disqualifying. Well, but the same thing is going on with uh, Hunter Biden. So I didn't expect them to be ethical. You know, uh, this whole time I've been saying, you know, they're, I'm not even sure they're not just going to murk people just to, to make this thing go the way they want it to go. So I'm not expecting ethics. I'm what I'm expecting ethics from, uh, or more ethics from are the people who are covering this shit. And that's why I'm shocked. I, I, don't, I don't know why I'm shocked at that because we've had years to, to show that they're not going to be. So I don't know. Well, I mean I, I think that, but yeah uh, you're right regardless
0: they should be removed frankly whether or not someone is trustworthy whether or not like the situation like makes is is worthy of suspicion cuz this situation objectively is incredibly suspicious it's incredibly sketchy and I, I'll just double down whether or not any vote was changed or not it's still unacceptable to have this level of, of proximity between a candidate and a fucking a a, rather a campaign and the people in charge of counting the votes that like, that's just unacceptable but like I think that the the you know failure of the political media class and people who are trying to protect those in power is you know indexing some kind of like well until we know what into the intentionality of these people are until we know like what their intentions were like it you know there can be no kind of uh, implications drawn about like whether or not they're they're trustworthy or whether they can be they can be trusted in the future it's like but that doesn't make any sense it's like the argument that you should be allowed like let again let's let's have the most generous reading of this of what occurred possible based on the facts that we have it's like essentially like to be so grossly incompetent and negligent and to have such an appearance of impropriety at what occurred is worthy of distrust inherently, intentions aside. And, like and, like, and it's only because of a desire to protect class power that people pretend as though intentionality in these situations is worth noting. Right. Because, yeah, I guess if you want to make some sort of like criminal case or moral or like talk about whether they're bad or, like I said, bad or good people, like it makes sense to know what their intentionality is. But from a practical standpoint, as like someone who's trying to ensure that the election is, you know, not only fair and just, but has the appearance of being fair and just because that's important in democracy, people's faith in a democracy in many ways is is a big part of what gives democracy legitimacy. Like it's it's. You can't just have people like hanging out with the like the vote tallyer at their birthday a the week before and going, oh yeah, no, this like this is totally above board because like no one like no one, you can't prove that like it had any effect on like the vote ways vote for count. It's like no, come on, it's like like that. Like at that point, you're talking about an unreasonable standard that we have to actually you know call what it is. Like it's just the way to protect power. It's it's a way to disguise. It's a way to prevent for like the people from coming to the conclusion that hey, these people, whether incompetent or malicious, need to be replaced or need to drop out because frankly, like they're like they're untrustworthy.
2: Oh, and I think this really carries back to what we were talking about when we recorded previously and uh, the cementing of the standard of extremely careless, you know, that we had with Clinton and uh, her affairs and many of the other different issues that she had. It was essentially well, we can't have the we can't prove that she had the intention we don't know that the goldman sachs money was for a specific payoff for a specific thing or the like the haiti or situation after situation we, we can't link these things directly to cause and effect so we give her the benefit of the doubt and that that like was established as uh, at least among the democratic establishment as the standard of what had to be passed in order to indict somebody as uh both literally in the criminal sense, but then also in the political sense. And the conflation of those two uh, has had a negative overall impact on the ability to hold people accountable, although we were still grossly unable to do that prior to any of that. I guess one of the things I just kind of wanted to touch on is what we saw in Iowa was it's several different layers of systematic failure that different uh, narratives are seizing on for different kind of uh, effect and there's just, it was just a catastrophic failure at every level. From the the actual caucusing process like there was more than ample time to recognize the insufficiency of the app as a reporting solution so that should have been immediately rectified uh, and shouldn't even have been an issue in the first place, let alone all of the incestuous relationships that uh, are a part of that whole fiasco and it's like so then you go to the actual caucuses where they implement a new rule and there isn't ubiquitous understanding of this new rule in part because of uh, the media coverage not having nearly as much time on the ins and outs of the iowa caucus as it did in previous elections as a result of both the distraction of uh, the trump impeachment and uh, what i think uh, is increasingly the more reasonable position of a deliberate effort by the Democratic Party to subvert any chance for Sanders to get the nomination. I, I don't think it's reasonable at this point to operate under any other uh, like presumption besides that the Democratic Party is trying to stop Sanders from getting the nomination. And their actions reflect that and whether that is in the promotion of any particular candidate in any particular time, I think is uh, more speculative, but I think what's concretely apparent for everyone is that the democratic party is clearly trying to stop Sanders from getting the nomination and going to a general election against Trump. That is, in my view, indisputable. And so when we see things like this, that uh, have all of the things that you guys have laid out and challenge the Understanding of trust that we have under the electoral system, and doesn't even make sense under what was already a questionable system. But this is even a a more gross example. It becomes uh, even harder to reasonably take a position that they aren't doing something in the reporting of these results in order to intentionally undermine the likelihood of us, Sanders, having a successful primary campaign. So it's. It feels like people are being made to feel like they're being irrational or unreasonable for taking that position when it seems to me, based off of preponderance of the evidence that's available to us and the experiences that we have, that objectively and reasonably, as Chad laid out already, that it's already bad enough to be unacceptable. And so that is a key aspect, regardless of how it shakes out, whether the final vote result is Technically, Bernie coming away with more state level delegates or when the delegates start filtering down to when they actually get to the 40, 41 delegates that actually come out of Iowa, whether Sanders ends up with uh, more of them than uh, any of the other candidates is also going to be determined by how the rest of the election shake out. Because if one candidate is clearly the the winner at the end of the nomination process before the convention, then those delegates tend to just end up falling behind the winner anyway, and and it, it becomes a different type of process. And so the thing that I guess I hope people gather and get from watching this Iowa like debacle is that the electoral system as it exists in the United States is vulnerable. To close elections, and we've seen that multiple times, and those that have lived through 2000 saw that with the uh, Bush and Gore, and have, if people have seen it on local levels uh, at a variety of different uh, places, and it becomes abundantly clear that if you are going to pursue a strategy of electoralism, which I am increasingly skeptical of, and every day just I see everything just seems to kind of demonstrate that further for me, then you have to win overwhelmingly. And so to kind of just parry that into how I apply that directly to what we see in Iowa and coming up in new Hampshire is they're going to deliberately undermine the ability of Sanders to win in new Hampshire too. And so, you have to be prepared for your opposition you can't simply complain that they're cheating afterwards and point at their hypocrisy or you're going to be adopting the same losing strategy liberals use against republicans
0: that's the part that like struck me as well you said a lot of great things there was that yeah. like like they're like they're presenting this as though it's a conspiracy theory right and i don't know what part well i'd not have to try i do know what part but that's just me being kind of like an asshole it's like The part that they're trying to say is a conspiracy theory is whether or not, like, Buttigieg actually cheated, right? Which I think is a separate fucking issue from, like, whether or not what his, like, the... Information we have so far is enough to say that it's unacceptable, which which I which I think it is, right?
2: Like quickly, I just want to addendum that like the deep rot in the political system generally and how it just functions is what I think your point is really good at highlighting, and I think that that's another point that people should focus on. Continue.
0: Oh, you know, it is a deep rot here, and the problem mm-hmm. is that like even like is that we are put in a position where like you can have a campaign running and. Everyone is friends. Everyone's, you know, everyone's brother is getting a job and a handout and a six-figure salary because, like, that's the way the system has, you know, come to work because it's a pyramid scheme, as we mentioned in the before part. But, like, that, had, like, at this point, like, this particular instance of it is so egregious, much like the Hunter Biden, like, getting the 80K a month job was, like, so egregious that it's it's hard to interpret it as anything as, like, uh, you know, a, a slap in the face. Where it's like, oh yeah, you know what? Like it's totally, it's totally fine and reasonable to have an untest, unstress tested app as the primary mechanism for counting votes in an Iowa caucus in a heavily contested Iowa caucus because it's somebody's friends and it's terrifically fine for little people to be, you know in some ways related to people who are working directly on campaigns and for the company to take money from the money from one of the campaigns that's all fine because that's just business as usual but to every outside person who's not like materially or socially invested in like the continued completely ascriptive as in like divorced from like their actions moral like implied moral virtue and trustworthiness of the Democratic Party. Like it reeks, like it it reeks not of conspiracy as just unethical behavior. And I, I, I don't and I think that every time we have something like this or Epstein, we're like, you know, there are very clear, clear facts that something is wrong. And yeah, you can take those facts to a, a place that you know you can take a leap in logic, whether it's a big leap or a small leap in logic, towards uh, like a less supported position. But the barest facts, right? In the case of Epstein, that there is a, a you know international pedophile ring that has that implicates hundreds of world's elite. Or in this particular case, that there is a campaign that was you know funding or the funding a vote counting co- company that was given a cushy contract uh, and that had people family members working on the campaign it's like like the barest of those facts are unacceptable and, and you know like framing it as a conspiracy framing understanding or like acknowledging or feeling that like the bare facts themselves are a conspiracy as opposed to like oh yeah like the, you can take it you know you could you could make an argument that the like this fucking iowa thing is just proof that you know vaccines are fake or some nonsense shit but like pretending that the bare facts. And people... Being suspicious or thinking that the barest facts, the the proven facts, are sketchy, calling them conspiracy theorists, all it really does is sow further distrust in the system. And I, you know, considering what happened in 2016, and considering like the already waning faith in our government, you would imagine that the Democratic Party would want to conduct this primary system completely above board, like no even hints of impropriety, no hints of their finger on the scale, no hints of anything, because a lot of people. Again, like we mentioned in the before the before segment, like their faith in the Democratic Party, much you know, less electoralism uh, broadly speaking, like rest on this on this campaign season like going well and fine. And best case scenario, this is a condemnation of well, another best case scenario, another part of the best case scenario, this is a condemnation of the the structure and the incentives and the incestuous nature of the Democratic Party, because, like, there was no reason for this app to exist. There was no reason this app, you know, there was no reason to construct a caucus app there was no reason for like that the, the construction of this caucus app to go to a, a fucking third-rate, lowest bidder, someone's cousin shit. This speaks to the fact that this technocracy, that the Democratic Party is supposed to represent, like it's just the nep, it's just people's friends, like it's it's you know it's upper middle class yuppies pretending like they know what the fuck they're doing, and comp- not only not only just like failing in like, a normal way, but failing at, in a way that actively hurts other people and hurts people's trust in the system that they're supposed to be like essentially extolling the virtues of like they hired these people because because of russia was such a huge threat to our fucking democracy
2: <laughs> like you know well, russia- and one of the reasons or i was just going to say is one of the reasons that it worked is just because we're so conditioned to believe that these people are confident because of the the way that they present their ideas and the hoops that they've jumped through to get the right certifications and so on and so forth. And it's disturbing when we find out how, just how incompetent they are and how vacuous these accomplishments are. And we see it over and over from uh, Obamacare all the way up and through to this. And at one point uh, MSNBC had uh, David Pluff on there and he had to basically be like, Oh, I mean, Yeah, I guess I am part of, you know, a consult, uh, give some advice to this firm that is in question right now, but I don't know anything about this app and the articles that say that I do, uh, I'm just finding out about those now. And it's just the whole system is incompetent. Now, I guess the other point, the other reason I was going to say that they're able to do this or been able to get away with it for so long is because there hasn't been a medium like Twitter where... Just casual observers could notice these things, and other casual observers could be like, "Yeah, I saw that too. I don't really know a lot right. about this stuff, but that seemed really fucked up." <laughs> like, that's one of the reasons why they, I don't want to use the term gaslight, but that's why they're basically trying to make people uh, feel like they're being irrational by agreeing with each other that they're seeing the same thing, because like they they have to deny that reality as a matter like as a matter of practicality. And if it's not a matter of practicality, perhaps they are just so delusional that they believe it and it becomes negligible in the practical outcomes of of which one it is.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like the incompetence level on this is staggering. Like they used a, they couldn't get it into the app into the store. So they were using beta testing platforms uh, to push it out. One on iOS and one on Android. And the one on Android was called Test And they used the free version which only allows you to have 200 people. And after that, it doesn't save any data. And it deletes any, uh, if 201 people sign on, it deletes another person. So maximum number you can have is 200. Verge and Vice went and installed the app, got it all the pins, got it all, and it worked on one out of four phones that they put it on. And even then, they couldn't log in. Like, that's just a level of incompetence that's, That's like baseline.
2: So what I was saying is that you can have basically uh, like other programmers that would consider themselves barely competent or you know like amateur or hobbyist or whatever, and they can recognize it, and then the professionals recognize it, and you can actually have all those people like see that they're all recognizing it, and then communicate that, and then beyond that, they can then challenge the person that put out the bullshit, and then that person's like, oh well, we need to have some way to censor these people, and then the corporate media channels come into either you know mute block bind people from being able to express those things but continue it's a question the fact I mean, that it was a whole bunch of Hillary
1: people made it that's that's ludicrous why would we concern ourselves that media people created a digital security app so ignoring the app for just a second I've
3: been trying to dig around and get some kind of explanation because nothing that I've been able to think of again has explained the numbers uh, buried on the New York Times in uh, the uh, the top paragraph that it looks kind of like it's part of the, this is just what our coverage looks like. But there's an interesting sentence, um, and it says that certain rural counties in Iowa were weighted much heavier than other counties, and that Buttigieg won those counties. And that's how he was able to eat up... Uh, sanders lead and the way it's written makes me suspect one that sanders is actually still in the lead um and two that there's some kind of fuckery going on that we haven't yet looked at because if you're weighting rural rural counties heavier i'm not sure that that's actually a fair process well i I think that adds a new layer of things into this because, and look, again, so I'm using, for clarity, I'm using the New York Times, their website, um, their little free spot here. You can look at the density of votes and you can look at the lead area. So I'm actually looking at, let's see, one. give me one second. So looking at vote leader, I see Sanders, Look, I see a lot of the actual major cities are leading Sanders, the areas that have a lot of. Uh, precincts leading Sanders vote density. It's a little hard to tell, but I see more Sanders that are dark, and then size of the lead. Sanders is dominating in and around Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, Waterloo, Dubuque, and Davenport and Sioux City, whereas Buttigieg has a has some has a few sizable leads in parts of the in the area surrounding Des Moines, but doesn't seem to be dominating in the way that Sanders is. And so
2: basically the situation with the weighting is, is it similar to how the electoral college works in that uh, the rural voters get disproportionately weighted based off of the number of votes that they actually contribute towards the overall uh, electorate for the caucus.
3: Also, by the way, um, none of the satellites have been reported yet. And we know from Twitter and other social media platforms from people that were there at the caucuses, many of us who do caucus, uh, will take pictures, video, live stream, whatever. Uh, we know that he won many of them. But we saw people, we saw him dominating in a lot of the satellite caucuses. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to posit that that's going to have a big effect on uh, what happens. Buttigieg seems to have more sizable leads in the northeast of Iowa and more of the rural northern parts. But Sanders is still there. I see a lot of Warren. I'm seeing, some, I'm seeing surprising amounts of uh, Warren where she has sizable leads in some areas.
1: And this is the best that we have to go on right now. So I, I honestly think that they're not – this is my take. I honestly think that they're burning everything right now, and they're just going to say, we can't verify, and that's why we're not going to come up with a 38. Let's move on to New Hampshire.
2: I mean, it sounds preposterous that they, they, would, they would destroy the records, but I would not put that past well, them at this no, point. I, I but,
0: don't think I don't think they yeah. will. And here, like, and I would say, and here's why: like, because this whole thing is kind of like weirdly immaterial. Because a Iowa is just like supposed to be, uh, you know, either a uh, testing ground for campaigns that were not in the lead, and that's something we should talk about. Joe Biden, mm-hmm. all this aside, Joe Biden fucking imploded. In fucking Iowa. There is no version of the map that comes out that has Joe Biden doing better than, let's say, third place. So Joe Biden's campaign is fucking in free fall. So that's the one thing to know. It's kind of funny. But like, like this, because of the way the caucus system works, Like there's photos. It's like, it's like, like you know, basically, like, all, like basically every caucus uh precinct or every caucus location is going to have at least one or two photos of people taking, like, people, like, being there and, like, showing the crowds and showing, you know, hey, having a good time. People take photos all the time now. There was video evidence of some
3: fuck, right? One of them where, uh, and I'm trying to find the post again, but there was a video of somebody who, of people that were there and they took the... Took the video and the first, uh, the second alignment was done, so the final alignment was there. Sanders should have won five of those delegates. Then the person leading the caucus received a phone call and changed it and gave um, one of Sanders' delegates to
0: uh, Buttigieg with no explanation. Well, they probably did one of those like those fucked up coin flips. It's, it's funny to me that they they felt the need to fucking do have a high tech have a high tech. response to the idea of like hey let's count people on like in this room and aggregate the results that could have been done again with a google spreadsheet or something or some nonsense like that but like they felt that a coin flip was enough to fucking uh satisfy tied votes but i was just gonna say this is immaterial because buddhage has put all his fucking time and money and basically everything into iowa and still lost right you know like this whole and like in this whole like circus surrounding the Iowa results cast doubt on his legitimacy as a candidate. From my perspective, I don't plan on voting for Pete Buttigieg. It doesn't, it's going to be immaterial. It's like me saying, I don't plan on fucking marrying Aubrey Plaza, but I'm willing to believe the best case scenario in this circumstance that like, this is just really the democratic party being grossly fucking incompetent because that's just what, you know, the way it is. But like that again is irrelevant because it doesn't change the fact that these people are so incompetent that they need to be replaced right i think that we've you know going back to the conspiracy theorist part of this too it's like the people i think who are letting down john in the media are like claiming that they're waiting for some kind of new information but i don't see what that information could possibly be other than like this is just i think cowardice on the part of people who you know who navigate establishment circles about like raising a fuss about something that is you know probably more normal in terms of if if you know if the the circumstances that it arises in is less fucking uh you know obviously egregious or prone to oversight uh And like that would create a bad precedent in terms of like, well, whose friends can have jobs? And we don't want to say who can work on what because they happen to know someone else. Again, it's not shocking that this occurred to me. What's shocking is the Democratic Party, if this is incompetence as opposed to like malicious, and if it's malicious, there's still a level of incompetence because they couldn't get away with it. What's surprising, I think, is that they care so little about the appearances of fairness that they let this happen and now, you know, to go back to what Richard was saying, they're going to pretend like people are being weird for thinking it's suspicious, but it's, it's definitely suspicious. Like it's, it's clearly suspicious. Like, there's no.
2: It's nothing to worry about. The, the Nevada Democratic Party is going to find a new app to, to yeah. count people in a room. And by the time it has its caucus and I'm sure that that new app won't be developed by another incestuous relationship with the 2016 hillary campaign and or the same jobs program democratic uh, you know consultant class that we've been talking about this whole time it's so the the flagrancy of it is uh, on par with trump to me at this point like uh with how just essentially flagrant they are with their just doing in the face that they just don't they just think we're idiots <laughs> well, I,
1: think, I honestly don't think it's that they think we're idiots. I think that they just know that we have no ability to do anything about it because we're not going to get yellow vest on them, and we're just going to take it like good little fuckers.
2: I, I would put those in a similar camp, but a uh, fair point.
0: I think they're idiots too. And whenever we have this conversation, we're trying to unpack whether or not, like, what to what degree is this malicious, and what degree is this just general incompetence. And I think if, if we're being honest, staffing positions with people who are so incompetent that they will bungle anything you give them and that their mistakes always just so happen to benefit the status quo is just as much a conspiracy to commit wrongdoing as like actively planning a conspiracy. Like, at a certain point, like if you're just putting people in positions that you know they'll fuck up and you know that there's no gonna be no accountability for those fuck ups, and those fuck ups are gonna, you know, essentially slow down progress, paralyze people's analysis as they try to unpack like, well, who knew what was going on and who's really responsible and who can be held accountable, it's like you know that that you're just wasting people like that's just wasting people's time. At a certain point, it's like you know, we talked about this with the with the uh the bolivian coup but like you know the people who are trying to unpack like you know untangle the this complex web of who knew what and who's responsible for this and like who's actively malicious versus who's just generally incompetent it's like those people like are engaging, I would argue, in like the like it's it's the illusion of nuanced thinking. It's the illusion of like nuanced rational thinking as opposed to conspiratorial thinking, which is what they're kind of like uh, holding themselves against as like, well, I'm doing the reasonable standard thing is wait, waiting for this new information to come out. But like, there's no, there's no conspiracy here that I'm arguing happened. I just don't think that it matters. I think that like, again, like the practical solution is that people get drops out and that people have to act and like, and that the democratic party, uh, and that there is greater oversight over this primary process because this could happen again. Right. But I think that even that, like that level of, like, I would say reasonable take is treated as irrational because it doesn't assume the inherent like virtue of the democratic Party, which is which you're supposed to do, which that uh, even like, at, no matter how many times they give you the appearance of impropriety the appearance of corruption, you just have to go along with it because either you know at the you know at the sort of hegemonic gaslighting level, I guess you could call it, like you know like every day is a brand new day for democratic Party to prove that they aren't a piece of shit it's like at the explicit level, it's like, well, if you don't go along with it, you're going to get Trump anyway. And it's just like, that's the kind of kind of dual, the dual pronged approach that keeps people like stuck in this cycle that we're here right now. But like, again, whether or not it was active corruption, I mean, it was corruption regardless, but like whether or not it was actively malicious attempt to change the votes or just like people being like normal democratic corruption, not illegal, just unethical, like it's get my son a job in ukraine get my son a job in ukraine get my brother-in-law a job on a fucking at a fucking security form like who like who cares if they have any fucking history of working in cybersecurity or opsec oh yeah i was gonna say no you, you would think that the bare minimum would not be using like the freeware version of the app mint of the programming code made to like basically tally results in a in a nationwide or rather a statewide caucus. But no, I would argue that the, the bare minimum of ops, operational security is not fucking tweeting out a photo of the, the password for the app, which is what, right? which is like what uh, somebody on the Buttigieg campaign was doing. Somebody who's related to the Buttigieg campaign in the, the security form in charge of doing that shit.
2: Yeah. So when the Iowa Democratic Party came out and said that the it was secure, the information was secure is like, I mean, they're
0: just guessing.
2: And I mean, I maybe I guess they were banking on the 200 people at a time thing that nobody took the time to get in like to queue in at the right time to be able to manipulate it based off the available information that was published and combined with what they may know by being attending at the caucus or something along those lines. So basically the the security of the numbers is, is is gone. And so it's they're going to yeah. continue to perpetuate the idea that these numbers are reliable and that they match, you know, close enough to what we were expecting that we don't have to worry about whether they were fudged or not but as the, right. as a matter of fact is they can't say beyond a, without like beyond doubt that they weren't fudged as far as what's stored in the data in the in the app unless they've already Juxtapose, or they've already compared it to all the paper ballots, and they just only released the sixty-two percent for some inexplicable reason. So it's like that's
1: where I come in. That's where my theory comes in about what sixty-two percent they released. I think they released the sixty-two percent that
3: makes it look good for Pete. And then when they drop the rest of the thirty-eight and Sanders wins by a large margin, they can they can use this to talk Pete up. That's really what I think it's coming down to, and I think it comes down to that because Sanders forced their hand. He had a sizable lead in both delega- in both number of delegates and number of votes at 60%, the kind of change that just cannot happen, which means one of the two people are wrong. And the fact of the matter is the vast majority of people that are voting in these upcoming primaries don't really trust the Democratic Party. They don't trust the process. They don't think it's fair. They don't think it's honest. So that puts that was a really smart move by the Sanders camp. Because now all the pressure is on uh, the Iowa Democratic Party to hit that 100 percent threshold and have it at least look similar to what Sanders put out, which is I think we're trying to float that today and say, hey, kind of, all right, here's a good good version of the 62 percent where we think uh, it repeats leading in the delegate count, even though he's behind by a thousand votes in the total, you know, in the popular vote. So we're gonna kind of we're gonna see how that strategy plays out, but I think this was simply just a plan to boost Pete um, by saying at least, hey, look how competitive he was up until you know we got. And the thing
1: was, is like like Pete could have had a legit second place finish on his own, and that would have been fucking impressive, and it, he would have gotten a would it though. Would it? Th- I don't think it would have, and I think it would. I think been, it would have if- because he's in. He's been trailing nationally in fourth place. He has no support among uh, people of color. He has no support. He hit second among- place recently, in the most in the most recent polling. And let's be real, American polling is trash.
3: But no, no, the he other thing that makes this hard to believe is that it doesn't
1: follow any of the polling data. He had second place in Iowa. He did not have second place anywhere. At one point, Pete was. Well, that's what, but that's in what I'm Iowa.
3: saying is like he was second place in Iowa, so it, it really isn't that unexpected that he would finish second in the state.
1: It, but it, it is because his, while he has a shit ton of money, he doesn't really have much in terms of a ground game. Granted it's bad than Biden's, but he doesn't have anything going forward. It's like we were talking about yesterday where the Elizabeth Warren is not spending anything on ads in New Hampshire. Like I don't see where Pete is putting his ground game. Do you see him doing even comparable to what Sanders did in 2016 at this point when he realized he was actually fucking viable? No. Like I, I so, did
2: see some people in the street doing, doing some weird, like, dance moves or convulsions i'm not sure which one it was but they, they, they i saw some people on the ground with mayor pete stuff so that happened
1: where in your place where you are <laughs> no
2: oh hell no no just no, on tour, so i mean that's but real that's, life yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, like he if he he
3: was polling second in quite a few polls in iowa and looking at um, looking at the iowa polling data that was dropped by the new york times half of the polls had sanders ahead and he was and he he was ahead, even when you took into account the margin of error, right yes. the margin of error he was still way ahead of Buttigieg. he was the closest actual person that the person that could have seek like, that had the a realistic shot and would have followed the bowling data that at least I've seen would have been Warren. she would have been the dark horse candidate to come out and sneak the sneak out first place uh from Sanders based on a higher turnout than expected of her people, but that
2: didn't happen uh, uh, the, the, where I see was the points. In one
3: it was leading in exactly one uh poll and he was not within the margin of error sanders and biden were both well within the margin of error to take first place there uh biden was leading in two polls so that's a little bit shocking that biden would be leading in two polls again not within the mark not within leading of the margin of error sanders could have again taken that but to see him come into fifth like that is a little bit surprising based on how well he had been polling and then the other two polls showed sanders in first place like i said well within the margin of error so even if you took that into account. Uh, he, still would have, he was still polling first place. So, so I think so given the, the polling it, data, given everything else, you expect Sanders to win, and I don't think it would have been that surprising to see Buttigieg come out
1: and take second place in Iowa. To on us? Yeah, sure, to us, but we're brain damaged and fucked up and our lives have less meaning, which is why <laughs> we pay attention to this shit. Like I said, I had lunch uh, this morning with my grandfather who's 95 and one of his – old friends from way back in the day who was 90 and the thing they were talking about was like they just need they want Trump gone and I was not expecting that I was fully expecting them to be like oh Trump's great um and they both want Trump gone but they don't see and they were really shocked and saddened that Biden appears to be less in charge of his faculties than they were and they said that like Biden has his brains leaking out of his ears so they can't support him uh, but they all both said like that Pete kid seems kind of nice. Like maybe that Pete kid's going to do it. Maybe that's the guy and they are the normies. They're not paying attention to this. They're not paying attention to the granular polls. And if Pete had pulled off a second place win, despite the polling saying that that was a likelihood, that would have been the headlines. Like they could have ignored Bernie in or said Bernie wins, but Hey, Pete had a second place and that would have been something that he could have used going forward. Now it's, Hey, fucking rat-faced CIA Pete called the election before we had any results, and then the data was all fucked up and corrupted, and we have no idea whether that's true or not. But here's the thing. The media come for it. The media has already covered Uh-oh. for that. And sorry for my oh. dog
3: in the background; she's hungry right now. The media already covered for him on that, sure. in such that they said every they spun everybody's speech as well. Everyone took a turn up, get on stage, and gave their victory speech. Nobody actually came out and declared victory, but that's that plays to the same kind of people, right? That you're talking about the people that don't pay attention to this at the level that we do. If you're just casually watching the news and you hear, okay, well, everybody went up and said they won, took the victory, then it doesn't make that much sense. It, it, it's not that shocking. Uh, for Pete to come out and explicitly say, "Hey, I want," like it, it ends up not changing that much. I think he fucked up the DNC's narrative there because if Bernie when when Bernie wins Iowa, had they just released that straight out, no issues, no, you know, nothing like that, you couldn't. It would the 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 conversation would have shifted from, "Hey, look how well Buttigieg did," to "Well, you know, the winner of the Iowa primary." Tends to win the Democratic nomination, especially if Sanders had won by a large margin. And giving the polling data and the fact that most people who most people who don't really pay that much attention to politics will you know watch will watch the news and they'll see a little bit of analysis. They might turn on MSNBC or CNN or Fox News for whatever reason, uh, especially as it gets t- closer to uh, to them trying to vote. And people generally talk, so somebody who watches the news is going to tell somebody else, and you know information is going to spread that way. It becomes, well, hey, Bernie won Iowa. The person who wins Iowa tends to win the Democratic nomination. It looks like Bernie's going to do it. He's already got such a high level of momentum, such a well-thought-out ground game, and so much going on for him that it's not – it wouldn't be surprising. So I I do think that this – ends up being the best way to kind of try to stop as much of that momentum as possible especially heading into New Hampshire where Sanders is poised to win again
1: in in, in a large margin by huge margin yeah by it, the latest poll had him up uh, like almost Twenty percent. I
0: mean, Sanders did win I and He's and I'm, I have faith that by the time everything is said and done, the numbers will reflect that. But like what was robbed of him? It was you know, it would, we were robbed of his ability to like give a, you know, winning night speech. It's like Pete has gotten almost 24 hours. Well, a few hours rather, maybe 12 hours of being able to stomp around the media, claiming that he won Iowa, claiming that he won something you know, that that he was victorious, that his campaign, you know, pulled ahead and, you know, essentially daring the media and daring other candidates to point out that, no, he's fucking lying. You know, daring other candidates in the media to breach that gap of like propriety or of civility and go, hey, you know what? 0% of the precincts are being reported. Pete Buttigieg is not, Pete Buttigieg is not the winner. And we know we're still waiting for the results to come in. So, at this point when the results finally do come in like we've kind of already moved i mean well i think that we have to make sanders the sanders team needs to literally make the biggest deal of it possibly you know they need to make the biggest deal possible of that they won whether or not they choose to emphasize the like the inherent unethical behavior of the budigate campaign uh is the you know is up to them but like what is not debatable is that they have to make sure that this like Yell it to the rooftops because otherwise, people are, are only going to remember the first thing they heard and not the retraction, which is that you know, people did not win again. Yep. That being said, that I will say, that being said, though, like you know, that's one way to interpret it, but this is like, but people get lying about winning Iowa or like miss or claiming that he was misspeaking and that it like he meant victorious, like, can you believe he got this far? Is it's the weird kind of lie that is going to be disproven like almost immediately. Right. And so you can you can I mean, you can argue that he got a bunch of free media coverage and all the other shit based on it. But at the end of the day, it's like it's not as though people are not going to be talking about who won Iowa, like, you know, over the next few days. Like it's like it's it's,
1: people are going to find out that he did not win. Right. This is not something that drops out of the news cycle. This is something that people are like, wait, what happened? You know, this is cumulative. Yeah. Like it's not Epstein didn't kill himself. This is like, oh, no, wait, shit. We need to know what happened here.
2: I mean, what I I see, I agree with a a lot of what both all of you said, and I do see a bit of basically the Stop Sanders movement stepping on their dick on this one. I don't know if that's problematic, but it's just the phrase that comes to my mind, uh, where basically they probably could have rather took this and focused on Pete's surprising, although not really surprising, uh, performance in Iowa and just ignored Sanders' win largely in corporate media it seems kind of ridiculous, but they've done comparable kind of things before. So I could see that playing out and and being generally successful in focusing on a narrative of, hey, if Pete does better than his polling in New Hampshire, then maybe there's something going on here. And then, you know, carry that narrative further forward. Anything, but I for me, I just see it centralized at, around stopping Sanders. And that's one of the reasons why things seem so disjointed or uh, uh, incoherent sometimes is because you have uh, disparate factions that are uh, have a common goal in stopping Sanders, but don't have a common uh, agreement on what the best route to do that is. And so you see different efforts employ different things at different times. And sometimes uh, they will use one another as flack towards uh, promoting their own personal cause. So the idea there being just generally like throw out a a warrant out there to dig into Bernie's support, knowing that, like, really, you're going to undermine her later with uh, attacks that undermine both of them with, with, like, Medicare for all, like, that we saw I mean, that play out with Warren.
3: Well, I'm glad you brought up Warren. That's one of the things that we haven't talked about. Warren did shit in Iowa. Like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think Warren's a viable candidate either anymore. She wasn't viable in many districts that we saw uh, posted on social media. And I'm friends with a variety of people who are Warren supporters. Uh, and all of them were really didn't didn't seem very happy. There was a lot of general upsetness about Iowa. Uh, the, a lot of it was, well, you know, we didn't expect Warren to win in such a white state. And I'm just kind of like, Warren she is, has, is white. Like, well, is, well, maybe <laughs> that's <it. laughs> Warren's Warren's white. Like we've been through this. It's been litigated. Warren is white. But a lot of people are expecting her to show up better in states that are more diverse. But I'm just like, yeah, it just doesn't seem like she doesn't have the momentum. She got beat by, the, by, by Pete. You lose to Pete and you barely edge out uh, Klobuchar and by barely edge out. I mean, she did a little bit better than her. But it really was, oh, oh, Klobuchar vastly overperformed. You only beat a vastly overperforming Colbassar and an absolute dumpster fire case of elder abuse in Joe Biden. You're not doing too hot. Your campaign's probably not that viable going I, forward.
0: I just feel bad for Joe Biden because they kept they like they kept his ass up way past his bedtime and he had to give like <laughs> he, he had to give his little speech. <laughs> at like 2 a.m. in the morning and you know that motherfucker sun, sundowns at fucking noon and so you know by 2 a.m. he was fucking flying I haven't read the transcript of what he said but I mean anything other than I need to drop out is, a fucking, is fucking irrelevant
3: <laughs> Bruh, but, he turned around and looked like he was lost and grabbed the mic off the podium, turned around and walked directly to the flags and like nobody really seemed to know what the fuck was going on it was such a bizarre fucking speech from Biden. And so I think that's the, un, I think that's another thing that this whole uh, kerfuffle really helps out other people with is it doesn't make, we're not talking about how shit Warren did. We're not looking at her campaign and saying, wow, your shit is trash. Like people just decided they did not want Bernie Light and they don't, like, is it Klobuchar overperforms and that's really the only person you beat? You beat an overperforming Klobuchar and Biden, who's a dumpster fire, and nobody else got even
2: 1%. I think Warren cemented the position of the second-place progressive, which is useless in a primary. So, like, whether she – whether her, I mean, her campaign was better than, what, 80% of the people that ran, I guess, by making it to Iowa and getting votes and delegates. But So I guess <clears throat> comparatively, perhaps not complete trash, but it was definitively – second place to bernie's uh, progressive policies and so on and so forth and you can see that repeat in new hampshire and across the country and her ground game's weaker her uh financial base is weaker her donor because of her donors and so on and so forth so it's it's clear that if you want a progressive campaign that bernie sanders is the one that's more likely to be able to both be any other democratic challenger and to take on trump in a general election and so warren's campaign from here on out becomes increasingly clear to be an anti-Sanders campaign rather than a pro-Warren campaign. I I think that becomes more clear. Warren got
0: stopped. Warren got stopped and not only did she get stopped but the other candidates like not actually coming out and like combating like pete Buttigieg's behavior uh, i mean i know why bernie sanders couldn't do it because like it would just come across like oh sour grapes and uh, let's be very clear if bernie had come out and given a, a victory speech the way pete Buttigieg had gave like you know the response from the media especially from the op-ed class would not have been fucking so like oh look at how pete they Buttigieg literally came- wrote that he was going to do it they literally wrote that he was going to declare himself the winner
3: before the votes were cast looking at the percentage of votes as of 62% reporting, the New York Times is reporting that Sanders has 26.3, Buttigieg has 25.1, Warren has 20.7. They left Klobuchar completely off. like, And she did better than Biden, and Biden's at 13.2%, which I think is interesting. Not that she's going to win, but it makes uh, Warren look a lot less bad because she's beating Biden by, seven, by 7.5%, but is getting beat by almost 7% by Bernie. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter but it just she had to beat
2: bernie regardless of where they finished between the two of them she had to beat bernie in order to take on a narrative that she could be a better person to represent the theoretical construct that they're representing the same politics uh take that forward in the election and by finishing third or in sometimes worse it it demonstrated that she's definitively not going to be that and so i think that's the clearest draw to take away from warren's performance in iowa
3: so, I mean, I think I think even – I think moving forward, it's going to be positioned by the media as a three-person race. I think this artificially keeps Buttigieg in it, and I think moving forward, when we move to uh, – once we get to New Hampshire, it's going to be viewed as between Sanders, Buttigieg, and Warren, with Warren w- being viewed as the dark horse.
0: I honestly – I think – I have a I have an interpretation. I think that they're going to try to – they're going to try to elevate Bloomberg, if only because – Biden proved himself to be entirely uh, in, unviable as a candidate. I think that I think that how per- can you elevate Bloomberg though? He didn't get. He, he's at zero, but he's
3: non-viable in the Iowa caucus because he because yeah, he, he couldn't thought, run. He, I mean, he, he couldn't, couldn't, couldn't run, run, but also because but, that's, that, but I mean, that's that's it exactly. So you you get zero votes in the very first caucus state. Is he even is he even eligible to run for New Hampshire? And the other thing is, I think a lot of people remember that Mike Bloomberg is a Republican. Like it's well known. Like it's very easy to look up. Oh yeah, that's right. Mike Bloomberg is a Republican. It's also very easy well, to look up. The, you know, quickly.
2: Like- I just want to say because I know you're, you're going to make your point. I just want to say this is what I'm talking about when I say there's disjointed and incoherent strategies because you're going to see both of those things take place because you have different factions of people pursuing both of those strategies, making the same arguments. You guys are going to make about which one's better amongst each other, and then that that's why it we get the shit fest that we see. Continue.
0: No, I was going to say that yeah, like Bloomberg is not going to win, and Bloomberg can't possibly even defeat Sanders in uh any of these states. But it's likely that his viability in the South, in terms of like his his high polling there, just sheerly because of the, his ad buying, I think that they might try to elevate Bloomberg not because he can win, but because he might actively be an impediment to Sanders to Sanders in the South, especially if Biden proves that he's not viable, right? Because ultimately, no one is polling as well in the South as uh, Sanders and Biden. Uh, no one has the ability, I mean, besides Bloomberg, of course, but no one has the ability to make up that ground in the time before Super Tuesday in, in South Carolina. So really what you're talking about is now that uh, you know, now that Biden has proved that people only kind of like him, they're actually, they're actually not willing to vote for it. they're going like, to come out and turn out the vote for him, it's you know like it's going to be a mad scramble amongst the Democratic Party establishment to find out who can beat who can beat uh, Sanders, and I think that Buttigieg is kind of counting on that. Buttigieg is counting on the Democratic Party being more concerned with being Sanders than they are with like presenting, uh, you know, presenting the appearance of a free and fair election. And so he knows that they're not going to like they're not going to they're not going to stop his behavior. It, again, even if it is not actively trying to change votes just like actively trying to like give you know behave, behave like a rat piece of shit <laughs> like it's like is that going to mean if the shoe fits they know that he like they're going to they got going to be wary of doing anything that implicates his campaign in negative light because it, the, it, you know, he's one of the only people standing between Sanders and winning the nomination. But at, that, at the same time, at the same token, it's like their inability to do a fair election just shows me that like, uh, again, what we've been saying is true, that they're more concerned with beating Sanders than they are with defeating Donald Trump. And I think that mm-hmm. that comes down to like, you know, when you express, and I express that I'm not going to vote for people who get, because because I, I mean, I think this is beyond the pale. I mean, the Democratic Party does a lot of fucked up shit, but I think this is a beyond the pale, uh, you know, in terms of like what I consider to be a legitimate, I mean, a legitimate election. But also it's beyond the pale because like if he were to get to the general election, he would lose anyway, right? Like, And he would lose not only – I mean not only because people don't like him, but also he would lose because of this behavior specifically. Like you can't – to get – to try to push him through the primary process or rather for him to try to get himself through the, you know, primary process, hook or crook, crook, not caring who he alienates or who is actively, you know, who actively become disenchanted with the process, you know, as you know, as a result, is what they accuse Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders supporters of doing. But like, it's clear that Pete Buttigieg is somebody who that who that accusation is more, is more attributed to or attributable to. Like, I mean, I they're so worried that Donald Trump and the Republican Party is going to like paint Sanders as this open borders loving communist who wants pri- who wants only prisoners to be allowed to vote. But you know, but ultimately, it's like it's less likely that that narrative about Sanders will be, you know, will take purchase in people's heads, and much more likely that you'll see a situation where it's, uh, you know, we're well, not much more likely, but it's much more likely you'll see a situation where, uh. Sanders like where it's a non-Sanders candidate and Donald Trump, and Donald Trump just continues to hammer home how unfair the Democratic primary process is. Like he just continues to hammer that home, continues to talk about how Iowa, how Iowa looked rigged, how how much, you know, how much Democratic Party is unfair to Bernie Sanders, a good friend of mine, which obviously he is not. I'm fair to Bernie Sanders. And that narrative is going to take, you know, that narrative is going to have weight because if it's not actually true in the sense that people are trying to pretend like it's not true, where it's like the Democratic Party is actively like rigging votes against Sanders, it's true in the sense that there is a veil of obvious corruption that if it is not actively targeted towards preventing sanders from becoming president it's a catch 22 where like the combination of incompetence and in the people you've put into positions of power who are who are not not say not friendly to sanders but antagonistic towards sanders is basically functionally the same thing and the implications for whether or not you can trust that system are functionally the same because we know that there's not going to be any accountability for like what occurred. But, and, and worse than that, you know, if we were to get to that point down the line where it's a non-Sanders candidate versus Trump, they're also going to pretend as though everyone is being irrational and crazy for being disenchanted, which is not a vi- I mean, which is, the, is not a viable strategy for getting people to turn out the vote. Instead, it's a viable strategy for, for killing your party essentially. And like that to me is, I don't, you know, for people who are talking about the sanctity of democracy and who have been having, you know, in, in, been apoplectic since 2016 about Hillary Clinton losing and Russia and all this other shit that, like, that they're that they're so concerned about in the republic and you know democracy and, and America and the fucking bald eagles <laughs> and you know I don't know apple pie and like banging your 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 neighbor's wife while he's at work. It's like all of the American values they claim to care about. It's like they seem to not only or rather the direct threat to them doesn't seem to be Russia, which is what people have been saying. The direct threat seem, to them seems to be capitalism and the the sort of technocracy, or rather, the complex interweave structures that result in power going unchecked and elites having free reign over our society in a way that actively demoralizes and hurts everyone else. And so, you know, it's hard to take people who are who are crying about russia so seriously because this particular like, I, I feel more i feel less secure democratic process in america after what happened last night than based on anything that happened in 2016 in terms of like a few fucking ads on facebook that had donald trump arm wrestling the devil like that made like i don't care about that shit i care about like feeling as though if i go get you know turn my primary vote in that's going to go to the right person that you know because this is a caucus it's a lot easier to check Like if some shit was going on, but like if this were a close, I mean, if this were just like a normal, like cast a ballot primary anonymously, like who knows what would have happened. Right. And I I don't think it's weird to, I don't think it's weird to ask that question. I think it's weird to pretend like it's weird to ask that question. It's weird to pretend as though people should have this level of trust in, you know, you and your friends. That's really what it is. It gives you people and their friends and pretend as though like they're not engaging in like, Hey, you know, like in the facts, like this is like, this is what occurred. Like, I think that people are trying to portray it as though, like, everyone who is feeling suspicious about this event is thinking of, like, the furthest, like, furthest out there scenario. But I think most people are just, you know, they just smell something fishy. They're like, you know what? I don't want to fuck with Pete Buttigieg anymore. Like, you know, like, 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 this motherfucker is dirty. You know, like, I don't know what exactly happened, but I don't have have faith in his campaign. And I think that's a completely legitimate reaction to this. And even if you
2: just fall into the... I was just going to say, even if you fall into the the kind of rationale that the neoliberals typically use, it doesn't even hold, it doesn't even, like, the scenario you laid out of a non-Sanders candidate running up against Trump, Trump pointing towards the Uh, the illegitimacy of the caucuses leads you to Democrats setting themselves up for failure with like a candidate like Buttigieg, just imagining somehow he was able to miraculously uh, get to the nomination and end up in a general against Trump. Of course, Trump is going to question the validity of uh, both uh, the nomination process and point that out the whole time to undermine the support for Buttigieg, but also if he somehow miraculously did lose to Buttigieg or somebody like him, he's going to use the same, that same process to undermine the legitimacy of the election itself. And whether that actually manifests in him having to get dragged out of the White House handcuffs, if you can find anybody willing to do it, is, is speculative. But the reality is, is that that's a reasonable uh, for like way to kind of foresee how this plays out in the general political sense, using neoliberal logic under the understanding of uh, how these things generally typically play out. And so it's just the, they're even doing their strategy poorly. And that that's apparent. And then I guess one of the other things I just want people to have in mind, because I don't think we can have like, people are going to speculate and try to make sense of well, why did they release 62% and let that linger for four hours and not trickle out you know, 10% at a time or any variety of other ways that they could have distributed the results? Why did they choose this one? And they're going to come up with explanations. One of the things that I would advise people to consider is the point that we've raised before about the, kind of jobs program nature of this, and also to uh, Chad's point about why Bloomberg might be successful or might see more support manifest in the corporate media, is that a lot of these people are thinking also about power access and financial security. And so Bloomberg offers that to a whole class of punditry and consultants and people that would otherwise be out of a job for the rest of the election season if Sanders is declared the de facto nominee no no no
0: point. warren is gonna hire everybody she's gonna fucking use
2: <laughs> every well, the thing is is the donors don't exist enough to fund like this is a they spend hundreds of millions of clinton's campaign spent like a billion dollars they spent hundreds of millions of dollars paying these people and paying off the networks and so on and so forth so there's a lot of payola going on here and it's like none of the other campaigns can funnel that kind of cash to these people and only oh yeah no that can do it or have to either be aligned with the establishment support or Bloomberg, because he can just pull it out of his own pocket. You're seeing a fight among establishment figures about uh, some of the old guards saying, oh, Biden's the best to do that, and Iowa messed that up for him. Some of the new new up-and-comers that are trying to get access to power are saying, oh, you know, Buttigieg is a great person. And there was a Warren crowd, and there's been various factions, and like they have been able to consolidate each of those factions of the anti-Sanders crowd and that's what you're seeing when you see all these kind of incoherent and just seemingly just ridiculous kind of sporadic approaches towards uh, undermining Sanders' campaign generally, in my opinion. Go ahead. Here's I mean, the thing, though, uh,
3: with Buttigieg, he's 5 percent. He's polling at 5 percent nationally right now. Yeah. Uh, Biden is polling at 22 percent. Sanders is polling at 19. So it really still seems to be Sanders' race to lose. But the massive stroke of all this, and why I think the DNC is, gonna, is waiting until so late to release the results, because if you release them at 10, at 10 p.m. Pacific time on a Tuesday night, most of us are asleep. You're definitely asleep if you're on the East Coast, right? And you're absolutely going to be asleep at midnight because it's the middle of the work week. Like, people have lives and stuff to do. But it's a genius move by the Iowa Democratic Party to do things like this because the narrative right now is that Mayor Pete is viable. He's not. National polling data tells you he's not viable, but we also know the DNC doesn't care about viability. They think that they can do whatever they want. And the reality is Trump is good for them. Trump is good for their brand. The policies Trump espouses, they can't really come out and say, yeah, I would really love to do this, even though it lines their pockets. So they're benefiting materially from Trump. Mm -hmm. Buttigieg is of the same cloth, right? But right now, it takes a lot, of the mem- a lot of the momentum that we had been seeing in recent weeks from Sanders. And I think that ends up being the end goal. Biden is going to get stomped. His approval rating is, continually, is continuing to go down. He's not going to last in the polls much longer. I don't think Bloomberg is going to do a very good job either. I just don't. You can buy $400 billion of TV ads if you want to. But the reality is, he's qualifying just now for his first debate. He wasn't on the ballot in Iowa. I doubt he's going to be on the ballot in Hampshire, so he's probably going to wash out rather quickly as well, and the fact of the matter is, as soon as he gets on the debate stage, everyone's just like, bro, you were a Republican, like, you literally have been a Republican, you are a Republican, you were at the RNC, you governed New York as a Republican, like, that's, that is what people are going to say, that's what they're going to remember, you know, and by governed, I mean, he was mayor, not, he was the governor.
2: Except uh, it's going to be a pro because, you know, we need to work with Republicans and unite the the country and we need to do all the bullshit that the neoliberal, like it it fits into their. But that's a very small
3: percentage of the country. And that's that's the point that I'm making is that Biden has said the exact same things. And look how poorly Biden is polling. Bloomberg is the architect of of stop and frisk, of mosque, of mosque uh, spying. All of these incredibly racist policies that are within arm's reach. It's way too easy to stomp Bloomberg into the ground. And I think Warren, as long as she's on that debate stage, and I think Sanders, as long as he's on that debate stage, are going to be more than willing to do just that. And the fact of the matter is, I think moving forward, Yang's probably going to suspend his campaign. So I think everybody that polled that everybody's sixth place and lower. I think they're canceling their campaigns. And I think you're going to see a lot of upswelling of support for Sanders from them. I think we're going to end up seeing that at 10 o'clock tonight, they're going to release the full standings. Sanders is going to win. He's going to have a handful more delegates than Buttigieg. Nobody's really going to talk about it. All they're going to talk about is the fact that it was a mess. They're going to ignore the fact that Sanders won and we're going to go into New Hampshire. And they're hoping that gives everybody a clean slate. But when Biden gets stomped there, if Warren underperforms a second time, and Pete doesn't do as well as he did, it just, it clears up the nomination. So I think the path to the nomination is the same. I think the thing that's really getting left out of this is just how poorly Warren has been doing and kind of projecting that moving forward because of Warren and, if Warren or Biden aren't in or don't remain in when we really get to the South, things might get a little bit more interesting. It's going to be interesting to see who older black voters then switch to as they don't really have a dog in the fight at that point. And so I wonder what turnout's going to look like. I wonder how well Pete's going to do outside of Iowa. Spoiler: alert, I think he comes in fifth.
0: I'm honestly surprised that it got this far for many of these candidates, and especially Joe Biden. I, I kind of, I kind of low key expected him to be like the surprise candidate who drops out before Iowa, just because of how bad he was doing. I mean, and not, and not bad like in polls, but like well also in polls, cause he was in free fall, but also just like how bad he was doing like in every debate and every like you know it, it really was just a, like. People were less okay with voting for the safe choice, I think, than they expected. But you know, just to go back to the main—just
2: less self-aware than Kamala Harris's campaign, maybe. Go ahead.
0: I guess I, I this whole thing is just so fucking sketchy. Like it, it, it's it's so fucking sketchy that it makes me feel kind of crazy because I, you know, you guys know me. I spend most of my time like listening to flat Earth, you know, flat Earth theory podcasts and like listening to all kinds of conspiracy shit. And so, like, seeing people try to lump like, what happened in Iowa into, like, the same bucket of, like, shit as, like, like those clear conspiracy theories makes me feel a little crazy. But I also don't think it really, like, again, like, it's the kind of thing that makes you feel crazy, but it doesn't actually matter or serve their purpose as well. Because, like, yeah, you know, it, it, it may make me feel crazy. It may make me, make me annoyed. It make me. It might make me distrust you even further. But like, it's not going to get me out to vote. <laughs> it's not going to get me out to vote for your candidate. It's like because like, you know, outside of that like media bubble, it's like it's not. No one thinks it's okay to have your brother working at the fucking firm or that like is counting the votes. Like that, like that, like your everyday average voter. And so far, there is one. Like that, just that reeks of impropriety. I'll put this way. If you did something anywhere near as suspicious as what this is, you would be, I mean, in terms like at your job or with like in your personal relationship with you know with your family or like, let's say like with a spouse, like you would like they would leave you. <laughs> like they would leave you or you 'd lose your job, or you would that relationship would be over it 's only in the context of the democratic party and you're, rather the context of like power that like you're like that that is deemed to be an unreasonable interpretation of events like this this whole thing is suspicious additionally it's like only in the concept of like you're you're talking about somebody or institution or a social class or social position that has a lot of institutional capital or social capital or just like capital capital really like it, it is the idea that intentionality here matters to whether or not it's suspicious or matters to like the what outcome should be the case and it it simply doesn't. Like but again, like the, the incompetence argument is part of a larger rather is part of a larger trend in how to excuse abuses by people in power. Like it's it's the bumbling America trope all over again, or the bumbling man trope all over again, or really the bumbling any any actor with power trope, insofar as it, it creates this like sort of moral out for people to say, Oh, well yeah, you know, I didn't shit the bed on purpose, I accidentally shit the bed. And so therefore, like, you can't judge me poorly. It's like, okay, but whether or not you shit the bed on purpose or whether or not you accidentally shit the bed, it's like the bed still has shit in it. And so I don't want you in my well, bed anymore.
1: But I, well, the, the th- thing is, it's like all of these people who did, like, let's just for the Iowa caucus, all of these people that shit the bed in, in Iowa also shit the bed for the Hillary campaign. Oh, they were you know, all like they're, members they're, they're of the campaign that went to the bed. Bed so they're shippers. habitual bed shitters. Yeah, exactly. Like they, like, 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 they, they are, they have some sort of problem, <laughs>
0: and not, not to be mean or like, you know, be discriminatory. They have some sort of balance. yeah.
2: Th- we've been a little ableist this episode, so I want to apologize for my part. In, like, yeah, I mean, probably, I, I, think
1: so. I'm not very good at identifying it. I'm still working on that. So if I we don't have, think so. a, I'm not good at identifying that either. So if I do, yell at me. I'm
0: gonna give me a pass. I'm gonna give, I'm, I'm gonna I'm give us a pass I don't recall saying anything uh, bad this episode but you know I, i'm heated i'm, I'm hot I got, I got a lot of yeah i got a lot of fire in my belly so you'll have to ex- you'll have to excuse my black my black dark rage black flame inside burns with the heat of the jungles of africa you'll have to, like, you'll have to <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is my excuse you're, 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 you're white so you you're white you have, like you have this oppression slave-shaped hole in your heart in your spirit you have to fill with bigotry otherwise okay. I like, so i have to hit a bigotry quota spon- otherwise i just don't you'll spontaneously combust <laughs> got it good to know after to hit the respecting women quota that you know that allows me to be bad on the weekends like, you have to hit the like bigotry quota that keeps you from like spontaneously combusting. what i was gonna say like, what it really is like, it, it's weaponized I, I people have been i mean there is like a, a concept called Hanlon's Razor, where like you do know, you shouldn't attribute anything to malice that can be attributed to incompetence. But like the uh, people in power have weaponized that concept that you shouldn't attribute something to malice that can be attributed to a com- to incompetence. But that if you can't attribute something directly to malice, then there shouldn't be any consequences for it. But like yeah, t- they t- use
2: Hanlon's Razor to shred accountability. Continue. Yeah,
0: I mean you know it's, it's Hanlon's Razor to shred accountability. It's Occam's Razor to shred the you know to shred the idea that like conspiracies happen at all. <laughs> like you know, which is which is demonstrably false, because like it make, it's the thing that makes you sound smart, but like the implications are like are they are the same. It's like I don't have to think that you're a bad actor or like, or like an actively bad actor to think you shouldn't be in charge of running a democratic primary or think that you should be replaced. I just have to think that you like you can't be trusted, and that like and that's you know that's fine. Uh, but then the, you have to get out of that position. It's only it's only under the current system where, pe- where power should be unaccountable that people think it's such a impossibility to think that, hey, you know what, someone's bad at their job in this case. Well, we got to replace them. You know, like we got to replace them because this particular job is very important and we don't have time or rather they have proven themselves to be incapable of doing the job properly. And, you know, I don't understand why when it comes to stuff like being an op ed columnist and having good takes on a good, you know, good ideas on society or being in touch with what's going on society in society or, you know, running or, or making an app that allows people to. Count people, that <laughs> you know, an app, an app that is capable of counting votes is something that people should be allowed to take infinite number of tries at. When if you like, when arguably, if you were as bad at your job at Dairy Queen making blizzards as half of the consultant class is at winning elections or making apps or like giving off the giving off the appearance of having a free and fair elections, you'd lose your job at fucking Dairy Queen making blizzards, and the Democratic Party and all people who are talking about infinite chances, they wouldn't bat an eye for it.
2: It's like anybody's ever done in retail or anything, done like inventory, knows like you can get written up for coming up short on uh, something worth like 10, 20 bucks. And these people are like fucking up in a whole election that, that was they Real focused quick. on for four years. These are people who would
3: yell oh, no. at
1: 2016, this we'll, is the people we'll, that lit we'll, a billion
2: just, dollars on fire.
1: They lit a billion dollars on fire. Mad.
3: Something like else what? just to make y'all mad. Uh, apparently Rush Limbaugh is getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Oh motherfucker! Standing O, too, of course. Like I course. had, I had to find that information out. So everyone else needs to be just as angry as I am.
2: Um, that ties into Cancer, a larger. I'm point. Cancer, I'm praying that I, for you. <laughs> that, that ties into a larger point I have to make about like what I see coming out of Iowa. That's bigger than the Democratic Party story, which is that uh, there's a, a a segment of the people of the Stop Sanders movement that. Are recognize a lot of what uh, Dare was saying in his argument, and that there isn't anybody that's going to be able to be able to really stop Sanders, and they're already trying to, norm- to continue the normalization of Trump and essentially using the State of the Union to cement at the same time as the Democratic Party is going to trash, that perhaps Trump is pre- presidential. And I haven't actually listened to any of the coverage, but seeing the bipartisan standing ov- ovations and all of this type of pageantry that was done at the uh, State of the well, Union indicates I- to me that that's what we're seeing.
0: Well, I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi clapped all fucked up or some shit and so they... they
1: She ripped the the SCOTA speech. That's what she did. She ripped the speech and everyone's... She sent some like she sent
0: some sort of liberal fucking QAnon signal that they're gonna have uh, another body language expert have to fucking parse out in a, in a uh, multi-part fucking article in the Atlantic about how Nancy Pelosi's like fucked up you know I don't know uh, sneezing or coughing during the Trump speech was so was was somehow like the most revolutionary act anyone has ever taken in the entire fucking history of the world because you know at this point we're, we're just down to meaningless symbolic acts of re- of of resistance from the resistance. And, you know, it's, it's incumbent upon the rest of us to actually engage in like politics in a real way, because like they're just going to keep like, I don't know, making fucking T-shirts where, with Nancy Pelosi shrouded in like this heavenly glow. that, that And that's going to be, you know, that's going to be their form of resistance. And we're going to just be stuck here. And if we complain, they're going to say that we're just, I don't know, we're just losing our fucking minds. I would just say to sort of bring us full circle about this whole this whole thing. I don't think it ultimately matters because, like, we're going to continue stim- to steamroll these pieces of shit. It's like, you know, and we have to because ultimately we've seen that they're not going to – they're not going to not gonna hold back. And whether it's incompetence or, or malice, they, which, again, meaningless distinction once it gets to this level, it's just like, you know, like, it, it, it doesn't – we have to exceed the gap that could be created. We have to exceed the, like, the gap that could be created by, you know, essentially that, like, that behavior. Because like they, because they're not going to hold themselves accountable, and they're not going to, they're not going to willingly be held accountable by us. So they have to be replaced. They have to be replaced in the upcoming future, right? I mean, I think that's the part that was so like was so, so not distressful. I, I mean, just kind of disheartening. I was like, I'm not voting for people to get people are like. Well, you're going to hand over, you're going to hand over four years to Trump, and I don't know what you know. Like, if you're not going to vote for any Democrat, I don't know. Like, you're you're basically voting for. It's like, okay, well, that's fucking stupid. And like it's it's weird that we are at the first step of the primary process and you have you're the, you don't you're not being enriched by being a Democrat. Like a, you don't, they don't give you anything really other than like a sense Form and Fuzzies that like you're you're like you're an ally when you get to where you're you know, I voted them button. But actively like telling a political party that you plan on voting for them no matter what happens is like the definition of like giving up your leverage before anything like eight before like why even engage in the process like, you, don't, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't care like i mean you, like it doesn't it's meaningless to you so why not just sit it out like why like why not just have bernie it's like and it's, right like,
2: it's like ordering pizza and being and not caring what the toppings are and i'm gonna pay for it anyway so just just order the pizza it's like why am i gonna get what you want on the top for toppings if you're like if you don't care <laughs> if you're gonna pay well, I mean, no matter what i order
0: exactly <laughs> it's like if you're if you're if you're fine with any topic and, and i and i'm a vegetarian why would i you know why would i order meat you know why would I want right? to It's like you don't care, and like, I, and I would, you know, like, and worse than not just not caring or it not being meaningful to you or you not understanding how power works, it's just like you've convinced yourself that you've taken a mature, pragmatic. Position on this, like, oh well, you know, we'll just engage in Democratic Party prime process, and then like whoever they put in front of me, I'll like I'll slop up like a like a hungry hog. If that's your ultimate position on the process, I guess I don't necessarily get it. Not in so far as like you know, there's not other candidates who I could have theoretically seen myself voting for before we got to this point. But it's just like to reveal that about yourself, I think doesn't really make any sense because then you're a, you know you're not really like someone who we should try to win, right? Like
2: they just think that argument is less embarrassing than actually arguing for the candidate that they actually support that's usually what it is in my opinion
0: well i mean i think that they think that there's some kind of virtue in being just like a true blue voter because like you you, if you looked at the breakdown of people who like of candidates whose supporters are who are willing to vote for the democratic party primary um, democratic party candidate regardless of who wins it's like people like no joe biden's it has like 93% of his voters, I think, or like somewhere near 90% of his voters uh, are willing to vote for whatever candidate. Same with, I think, maybe Warren or Buttigieg. But like, so then like, what's the, it's just like, just from a practical standpoint, if you're willing to vote for anybody, then like, we might as well just wrap this up and let Bernie run against, run against Donald Trump, right? like i mean they all want to
2: play pundit and say who they think the country will actually vote for which is based off a hegemonic idea of this mythical phantom of the centrist reasonable republican which we constantly get beat over the head with the reality that they don't exist or that they are powerless and even within the Republican structure. And so they are pretty much useless to the Democrats. And then the other aspect is that we can never hold anybody accountable and never replace them because there's always a Trump on the horizon and we can't risk the next Trump on the horizon. So wherever it is, locally, state, nationally, nationally, there's a, we have to accept the the lesser two evils and then people naturally ask well isn't this what the primaries for and so then the d triple c was like yeah no fuck that we're just not going to <laughs> let people
0: primary our
2: our candidates
0: well i mean <laughs> I, I would just say like at that you know at that point it's like okay but should you not be, based on what happened with the impeachment proceedings so far, which is that Donald Trump is going to get the fuck off no matter what, should you not be concerned with your seeming inability to hold anybody accountable and realize that that's like kind of a layered thing? right? Like, you know, the reason why you couldn't hold the Republican Party accountable because the Democratic Party part won't hold them, won't hold the Republican Party accountable because it makes, it make, they make for a useful, you know, foil to prove that, well, essentially, they make for a useful argument for, like, why you can't hold Democratic Party accountable because then there's no one to, like, offset the Republican Party. And so, like, I think, it, it's weird to me that people have convinced themselves that this is some kind of like shrewd political move or even like an ideological move like it's an ideology and not just like well you're helpless and, it's, and but you've convinced yourself that you have this kind of power but essentially you don't someone told me as i mentioned i was voting for Buddha gag they were like we don't i, I mean this is a like kind of a, a personal anecdote that someone said to me online uh they were like oh well you know I was a friend of mine like who's trans who thought that, you know, said that like if Donald Trump gets elected, you know, they're basically going to die. And so and so like Donald Trump did, did get elected, obviously, and they didn't die. But that was a real fear they really had, and a legitimate fear they really had, you know, forgetting the fact that trans people are killed at incredibly high rates in America even before Donald Trump was elected. I mean, it's, it's a legitimate fear. And so that they you know, their argument was like, "Well, you know, I don't want to use my friend's life as a bargaining chip." And I was like, "I don't understand that though, because your friend's life is a bargaining chip already." And I like you've, you've just expressed that, it's that like every four years or so, you know, your friend's life and many other people's lives will be on the line in an election, and we will never ever get out of that particular paradigm because the fear of getting out of that paradigm by like going full bore and this is not an accelerationist argument this is more like a supporting a candidate who has a who has a policy platform that is geared towards getting out of getting us out of this cycle and not just staving off the cycle for another four years under the guise of electability because like he's the little pragmatic choice it's like you know you've resigned yourself to just exi- you know existing within this cycle of every four years we got to gamble with my friend's life because if because there's really no there's no uh there's no benefit to the Democratic Party to stop to stop that system because at the moment you move away from that cliff of my friend's life is on the line. At the moment you realize that their party is not very is not really offering you anything else. And then the moment you move the moment you move away from you know the precarious nature of Obamacare and the precarious nature of the the way Roe v Wade is currently implemented and the precarious nature of various other civil rights. And towards like oh you know what we're we're taking these things off the table like we're no like there's no longer going to be this ebb and flow of every eight years we take two steps forward and every then you know eight years later we take two steps back you know it it has to be long term meaningful change because that's pragmatism and you know I you know I don't know what else to tell these people like you're not really you're not you know you're you're never ever going to be able to affect any change unless you realize that this is not like this is not it right I mean like I don't. Like if 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 you scratch the surface of this argument, it it, it falls apart almost immediately, uh, because like you can't like you can't ever change anything because at the end of the day, you're not going to stop supporting them. You're going to stop voting for them. It's like, like right. that's like, that's your only power. Like, you like you will never stop voting for them. You won't care who they put in front of you as long as there's a worse choice on the other side. You won't advocate strongly enough in the primary process for a particular single candidate without saying, "Well, yeah, what no, anyone will do." And so really you're just not prepared or not actively going to be able to change anything because you've you've already ceded all your power to the system because like there you like you know there you view it as being inherently valuable. That's what I was gonna say about the candidates who have uh voters who have supporters who are all gonna vote blue no matter who. Like it was touted as like uh it was touted as uh, sort of like uh a mark of pride for like, oh, you know, candidates like Warren and and Biden have t- and Buttigieg, I guess, have like supporters who are team players. It's like, you know, but Bernie's the only fifty percent of his voters said that they would vote for any blue can would vote for any Democrat. It's like, well I guess that means you should support Bernie though, but practically that just means that every other person's supporters don't really care. they like they don't have any like at, th- at this at point in the primary process. That's
1: the map that's the Matt Brunning Carl Bajer argument that they've been making forever and ever and ever online to anyone who says anything about
0: that i think the argument against is like well that violates the spirit of the primary but if anything violates the spirit of the fucking like primary it's having your (laughs) campaign it's having your campaign staff have direct ties to a fucking to a fucking uh vote counting company it's like that violates the spirit only time the spirit seems to matter is when you're talking about violating it in spirit of you know making meaningful change otherwise it's fine to violate the spirit of it then then that's when the letter of the law matters then the letter of the law matters when like you're talking about like violating something that might impact the poor but only like the spirit then the spirit matters but again i would say the spirit doesn't matter here either because like everyone is just going to vote for the candidate right like and so there's only one candidate who can excite people and that's andrew yang that's like the-
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> finally
0: you said what needed to be said
3: but speaking of speaking of candidates so i've just been perusing twitter and other places trying to follow along with the news. I think it's interesting that Pete Buttigieg is like I am the winner of the Iowa caucuses, right? But you know who's giving a response to the State of the Union right now? Bernie Sanders. I don't, well, know, except I don't, on the MSNBC. They like,
2: yeah. they went and yeah. put Buttigieg on immediately following it, not coincidentally. I'm sure. Go ahead.
1: No, that's right. Yeah, that. I was gonna say only only online is Bernie's given the. Response
3: Because I'm looking at, like, I'm watching right now, and he's got a massive, massive, massive live following on just one platform. So I think it's interesting to note, though, that Sanders is out here, like, I'm giving this response to the State of the Union, and I haven't heard anything about uh, Pete. But I also think that's part of why I don't think Pete's going to win, even with this fuckery in Iowa, is he doesn't have any... All his his, his quote-unquote grassroots presence is just an astroturf.
2: He's I mean, the issue that they're, they're going to the run media. into, yeah, is that the media can only give you about 15%, give yeah. or take, what we saw from Harris and Warren and all, all the other candidates. That well, that's what, that, That's behind. my bigger point O'Rourke here. Yeah.
3: Is we've seen this already. We've seen this. Movie. We saw it with O'Rourke. We saw it with Harris. We even saw it to a lesser extent with Booker. We've seen it with every single candidate. They, they keep picking, oh, well, what about this one? Doesn't pan out. What about, what about this one? Doesn't pan out. And now there seems to be even more active fingertip uh, finger pressing on the scale. And it still doesn't seem to matter. There's not the excitement that there, that there is with uh, Sanders. The mm-hmm. fact that Sanders uh, live stream of his response to the state of the union is being shared so widely, I think is a testament to that. You know, like, let's be real. MSNBC does not attract, does not attract many viewers. But Sanders live streams tend to have more viewers than, you you know, CNN might, than MSNBC, any show on there might hope for in, you know, two, three weeks. They just don't have many viewers. They're not
0: very good.
3: And I think you can kind of, you know, push that out to CNN and even Fox News, though they didn't have a more rapid fan base. This just all seems to be a lot of bullshit, you know, meant to discourage people from going out and participating in you know what is admittedly a bougie election like this is not an election that is for and by you know the regular average person this is all about money interest and in people trying to make sure they maintain power status and wealth and that is in and of itself off-putting to me but um i just don't see i know i honestly just don't see anything changing from this i think sanders is going to stomp through the rest of the race and i think super tuesday is really going to be the turning point warren's folks are disillusioned pete everyone is like pete didn't win like this is clearly some fuckery even people that like the dnc are like "Mm, this is some bullshit from what i'm seeing at least um biden is doing horrible
1: and nobody fucking
3: likes bloomberg
1: so i just saw a map also of like the places where they're missing the most precinct data And then overlaid with the precincts support or at guesstimated support areas, and it's like pretty clear that the places had huge Bernie support are the ones that are left out, which also is around the high density population areas. So,
0: oh, I mean, I know I think Bernie's still going to win. I mean, he won Iowa. I do too. I will just say I figure I found out who that guy you were talking about—the doctor Jason something. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jason was, and, Johnson. Yeah, he he was on yeah. TV talking about how like there's not a meaningful difference between like a million and a billion dollars, and I don't I don't know anything else about him. But I guess I know he's not a doctor of math, so like that's like that's the that's the <laughs> that's the, <laughs>
1: right? the best response I saw to him was someone said, "Okay, a million dollars is a stack of uh, hundred dollar bills piled to the height of your average dinner table chair." A billion dollars is to the height of uh, one of the tall towers in Thailand. But I
0: think that we've we've done our due diligence by meeting here twice in two days. Uh, Any final thoughts about everything that we talked about?
2: Uh, Just they're going to last 2016, we saw multiple or like multi-hour lines to vote in the primary. So uh, be ready for that. Be ready for voting. Uh, locations to not be functional and beyond like taking hours for them not to have the proper ballots available, all of the same types of things that we saw in New Hampshire and Nevada and all the following, uh, or Nevada, all the following places in that you're, you're going to see a consistent and continued effort all the way through the convention by democratic establishment members of varying factions to undermine and stop Sanders. And sometimes it'll be incoherent, and disjointed, and sometimes they'll manage to unify around a particular issue. But if the Sanders movement isn't overwhelmingly, clearly and overwhelmingly more popular than the alternative uh, within the democratic party, they will just supplant him and, and go a different direction. And then I think I, people will be more apt to also think that electoralism isn't going to be a viable strategy and that structuring power and gaining power is going to be done more through organizing and, uh, you know, at the local level and and solidarity amongst marginalized and oppressed people rather than by trying to get a marginalized uh, identity elected to a position that they're powerless in.